I am Michael. And I'm Thomas. Welcome to the fan club. Hey, but why? Here comes the pizza, see it? <laughs> some pizza. And we're talking about practice. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm in right center. If he hits one there, we can dance in the streets. The 2 1. Swan leg, right left hand! Hey, Michael. Hi, Tom. So, I'm going to ask you something real quick. Perfect. Do you personally put any value in sports memorabilia? Uh, let me uh, let me put like a cap on it. Like this isn't just like a ball you caught at a game mm-hmm. you went to, right? Like value. So what I'm saying is like if you're filthy rich and you're a Yankees fan, would you be the person to buy the Babe Ruth jersey that sold for $4.4 million? That much money, I don't know if I could justify it. Um if I had, if money wasn't an issue, then I would be perfectly fine spending several grand on something like that, though. See, to me, nothing excites me about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, on a normal human salary, uh, like now, I've, I've got no interest in it. My, the, the, extent of my sports memorabilia is a couple of shakers i've got from alabama football games yeah yeah so like the thing is i I would love to preserve things Mm -hmm. i would go about it the way that dude did for kansas where he didn't have the money he's he wasn't rich by any means but he wanted to buy that the rules of basketball the original rules of basketball okay because he wanted to donate it to Kansas University. Yeah. Where the guy that wrote the rule book, that's where he coached. So he wanted to donate it to Kansas because he was a big Kansas Jayhawks basketball fan. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like, to like show it off in your mansion. Right. That's just like not my flavor. No, 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 absolutely. And the whole reason why I bring this whole topic up is because I troll Reddit a lot. I get on Reddit and I'm a Bama fan. So I'm on the Alabama subreddit. And guess what pops up this week? Uh, what's on sale? This person, the username is the greatest username probably ever. The username is Pancake Plower. That's incredible. (laughs) And I don't know if this is a guy or a girl, old, young, or anything, but what they post is a picture of two pieces of glass in a, in a, like a, a clear box to protect these two pieces of glass. And of course, there's cheesy ass hound's tooth behind it. Yeah. It's just Alabama things. Mm hmm. And it goes on to say that these are two pieces of the BCS National Championship trophy that was broken in 2012. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I was in the Hall of Champions when it happened. I grabbed two pieces and ran out the door. <laughs> I tried to give it back later to you, but they never contacted me back. Oh, well, roll tide. <laughs> so this person is in the right place at the right time. They yank two pieces of the crystal ball, the coveted BCS National Championship crystal ball. That, for those that don't know, that Bama won in 2012. It broke when they were doing, um, just had some players and family walk through. And the long snapper at the time, Carson Tinker, his father accidentally bumped into the table and it rolled off and shattered, <laughs> shattered. Yeah. And we'll post a picture to any of the listeners um, in the description. But my question to you, Michael, is would you – would you want to keep those pieces? Like, does that add value to your life? Like, would you want to try to sell them? If that was something that I'm that person that I'm there and I 
watch this ball go tumbling and I pick up a couple pieces and I know 100% they come from that trophy, I'm probably keeping those because that's a story. That's okay, a yeah, story, see, if nothing else. I love stories. Like, that's great. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you catch a home run ball that you save from, like, hitting your wife or whatever mm, right. all day. Exactly. I don't think I would ever sell something like that. And I don't think I would buy something like that because you got a couple of – one big problem here. Do you trust the person that's selling it to be selling you something real? Can they verify that that's a real item or, or do they just have a couple of pieces of glass that they're trying to sell you? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, that's I mean, that's in all collectibles. I was I yeah. got deep down the rabbit hole on YouTube last week about um Pokemon trading. Like oh yeah. Buying and selling. And I was watching some scammer, some guy dissecting this whole idea of like some scammer was trying to sell this box, unopened box of like from the nineties of mm-hmm. Pokemon cards for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh Christ. And naturally the guy wanting to buy it live streamed it. So like all of his millions of YouTuber followers could follow along and he mm-hmm. brought in two Pokemon card experts. Yeah. Which by the way, a great profession. I wish I, I could be great. That. I really do. Like you've got to work your butt off to become like an expert to be paid for that. Oh yeah. I was around at the beginning for Pokemon cards. I would by no means ever pretend to be an expert. No. <laughs> as many energy cards as I owned. And Michael, they like literally instantly the second they see the box, because this guy shows up with like a briefcase and you know the whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. And the second they see the box, they just mm-hmm. like get ghost faced because they know it's fake. It's fake like, they know they already knew like just looking at the way the box was slightly yeah. bent that it was already opened and mm-hmm. just resealed. And they just like go ghost right. They're like, this is gonna be a terrible experience. And sure enough, they open, they open it up all on camera. Um they were expecting to just like open it up mint cards. They were gonna put them in sleeves and sell them mm-hmm. individually, whatever. Um, basically like a stock market for cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they just instantly open up. It's just like third generation cards, just like random mana cards and all this. And it was just like mm-hmm. scammers and collectibles. You've really got to understand that like the collectors and experts on subject matters will absolutely wipe you clean if you don't do it properly. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a podcast that I listen to that I've talked to you about that I uh, don't think we can air. It's called Bleep Face, uh, a, a little podcast. And a couple of the hosts on there are avid uh, baseball and just sports cards collectors. And they talk about the like the ratings and value of cards all the time and uh, specifically they talk that they like collecting cards of players that have had goofy things happen to them like a guy that got traded for a bus or a guy that got traded for a bunch of baseballs like things like that (laughs) but they talk about the outrageous value of some of these cards and being uh i think one of them said he he recently found an old card that he had that was a like a rookie shack card i think from, from college that was worth several grand and he he had found it in his old stash of cards that he had lying around but yeah, those those uh, memorabilia like that, like cards specifically, the people that know those cards really know those cards, and um, it's it's wild how much value those things can have to people. Yeah, I mean, I I see I go into Alabama alum houses left and right, and they have a football signed by Nick Saban, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But I gotta admit, like I'm not big on these memorabilia. I'll never like spend my cold hard cash on stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but two pieces from a trophy, a national championship trophy that shattered in front of you. That is a it, wild experience. Too, just the fact that that was a trophy that <laughs> broke. And like, you could probably tell that like this person, not, I want to say scared because they, they did say later on in a comment that they emailed the athletic director and had no response. Yeah. yeah. But like, why are you now just posting? I feel like it's, they, they're starting, starting to feel a little bit more open about like the fact that <laughs> they yanked two pieces and ran out. Right. 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 Like it's now becoming public knowledge that there's like, actual pieces of glass that Nick Saban touched out there that you could buy. <laughs> That's, I, I love the the added bit of it's it's like encased with some houndstooth and stuff, just that extra little bit of Alabama goofiness. It's great. And uh, so you, know, you, say, you know what someone should do? What's that? Oh, I, dude, I'll, I'll be the first to admit everyone, Bama fans are cheesy and just awkward and cringy all the time. I say I'm that really, wearing my Alabama uh, pajama pants right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hiding your Alabama tattoo. Yeah, yeah, hiding, <laughs> dude. But I tell you what, the cheese just well is legacy. I guarantee you, if if notoriety comes up with these two pieces of glass, someone will turn it into an engagement ring. They'll dude. hire a, a jeweler <laughs> to cut it up, polish it, and turn it into a wedding ring. I guarantee I, it. It's funny you say that because I saw a video on Reddit the other day of someone with like a broken bottle that they they um polished down into a like a diamond shape for a ring and it was gorgeous now think of that but with the bcs trophy <laughs> hey honey this is from stella my, my beer glass <laughs> it was god it, it was it was the watching the process of that was wild um but it it, it, it in little off tangent it goes to show you just how odd the value we put on diamond is mm-hmm. but um yeah i could you saying that, that that those pieces of glass could be turned into something like i would believe that 100 percent if it hasn't already happened with other pieces of it that have probably been picked up and you know oh that's a great question what do you think the museum did with all five thousand other pieces of glass? exactly you know there's someone in there that knew somebody's like hey i'm getting married can i have a piece of that or i'm gonna gonna ask ask my girl to to marry me or or whatever you know there i I would be i would be more surprised if that hadn't happened yet you see a lot of times when stadiums get demolished they'll recoup a lot of like value in the seats they'll sell the seats oh yeah at auction and all that and, and you know you'll see like seats from the yankee stadium sell for like 500 bucks or more and that's a bunch of seats that adds up for one final little cash grab from a demolished stadium oh yeah and it's a strange thing but there are a lot of people that co- collect bricks just like oh, i saw this bricks. the other day and so just so i say people tearing down a stadium sell the bricks from it like yeah. I've got this is a piece of you know Yankee Stadium or whatever. Brick collectors are weird people. Yep, yep. <laughs> because they just well, like they're good weird people. Like just oh, absolutely good weird people. Because like they don't do it for like the value of the bricks as much as they do it for wanting to trade it later on. Like the true idea of like hobby trading. Oh yeah, it's it's a true hobby. You know, you get you get someone collecting something like that. They've got this brick that came out of this this old factory where they grew up, you know, wherever, you know, and it's it's got more of a value than a monetary value. So it, it, to me mm-hmm. that means a whole lot more. And it's, and I and I bring that up knowing that my grandparents had a lot of bricks lying around and there were a <laughs> lot of different bricks lying around with different names on them. I I may be in the brick collecting bloodline. So, you know, 
I say we just go hard into the brick collecting. We pivot the podcast and we just document our journey and the beginning steps of brick collecting. And we just start, start going into it. the bricks, going hard into the brick collection. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm down with that. I think of another thing, though, back to sports. I'm now still getting more excited about the idea of memorabilia because I'm coming up with more things that are creative. Yeah. And another one that I love, and I'm so sorry for all the fans out there listening, all four of them, <laughs> but I am an Alabama fan, so I have a lot of ties to it and just experience through there. But my honestly, my favorite thing from a stadium that I've ever seen is I'm going to go to this bar in... I knew it. Yeah, in Tuscaloosa <laughs> called The Gray Lady. Yep. What a beautiful name. And if anyone knows why it's named that, it's because they named it after the stadium, Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama. A super not, late. Not, yeah, not as you might think for the ghost in Harry, the Harry Potter books. Correct. No, not that. Um, close second, though, in Collegetown, USA. <laughs> um, but... Legion Field is a super gray, kind of not boring, but, you know, just like industrial 70s, massive clunker of a stadium. So mm -hmm. they named it the Gray Lady and they don't play there anymore. But Alabama Auburn actually used to play there every single year for decades and decades and decades. Where the uh, tradition of the Iron Bowl really started, wasn't it? That's why it's called the Iron Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. And so long story short... They stopped playing there and they redid the field when UAB started taking to play, uh, started playing there. And for some reason, I don't know how this transaction happens, like who calls who, but this bar in Tuscaloosa, 50 miles down the road, bought the 50 yard line in turf. Mm -hmm. And they put that as the tabletop of their long bar in a typical bar, like the, where people go up to sit and they put pexiglass over it. Mm -hmm. So you're literally like drinking and socializing on the 50 yard line of the gray lady. And the I've name been, is the gray lady. I've been there with you a, a few times, at least, at least two or three times. And it always blows my mind to, to walk up to the bar and see that, that turf sitting there. It's, it's really cool. And that's like that type of bar too, where you're not going to like order an old fashioned, like I don't care how nice of a drink you had all night or what you were doing. You go in to order like a Miller Lite or a Coors Heavy. Right. It's, it's just a, like that kind of dive. And it's, it's awesome. a cool little place. It's a cool little place. So anyways, um, I'm starting to like the idea more about memorabilia, but it has to be super creative, right? Like it's not going to be a baseball bat for me. Or no, The only way it would be a bat is if you're at a game and a player – lets the bat go on accident and it comes flying to the stands and you grab it or they break it and a piece of it comes yes. and you grab that. That's so, how I would keep a bat. <laughs> I think I'll finish this whole thing with we've we've come to terms that it can't just be like generic that, that has no ex personal experience. It has to be a mm -hmm. personal experience or like incredibly creative. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Okay. That's that's what would uh, excite me about memory, I, and, and I think I mentioned earlier, but something that has a personal experience tied to it is what really would uh, would make it have value for me. Awesome. And before we get away from it, I'm curious because you you mentioned it uh, at one point, but uh, the uh, BCS trophy is it actually made out of glass? Is that what it is? It's just I think glass. so. Yeah, it's made out is of that glass. What, is crystal just glass? I, Michael, I'm going to bring in the crystal glass expert as our next interviewee. Our very first interview on the sports website will be a crystal make glass maker. That would be great. <laughs> My only knowledge of any of this is, oh God, I'm not even going to say it, <laughs> is watching Sweet Home Alabama where the guy puts down like lightning rods in the sand. That's literally what I know. 
about glass. <laughs> it comes from lightning and sand. That's how they got the BCS trophy. They got a giant lightning rod shaped like a football, threw it down to the beach, and waited. That, yeah, they put a football down there and like coated it in like iron or something. <laughs> That's All right, Michael, what, what, what's one thing that caught your eye this week? <clears throat> All righty. So, Christ. Uh, so, a few things caught my attention. Um, but the one that I am bringing up as my number one that topped out the rest was. I believe three or four days ago, which would have been the f- roughly November 14th, the uh, the Miami Marlins announced their new general manager, the first uh, woman uh, gen- yeah. general manager in all of the, the big four sports. Uh, Kimberly Ng, N-G is her last name, but uh, she is the first woman to be in the, she is the highest ranking executive in, in, professional sports uh, or at least the big four professional sports and um massive yeah and and also the first uh i believe they said the first asian american uh this high up in in baseball as well in the uh as a as a, as a general manager uh she went she graduated from the university of chicago i looked into it a little bit yeah um and then she worked uh with the white Sox for about six years and then from there moved on. She was she was an intern and um, an assistant over there, and then moved over to the Yankees for a few years and uh, the Dodgers for about nine years as a assistant general manager, and is now uh, the official general manager for the Miami Marlins. And uh, I thought it was really really cool. It's uh, it's great to see diversity in sports, which is a very male dominated. Uh, a place of business and so it's 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 really great to see that we saw you know um the the first uh woman uh nfl referee was not too long ago i believe and uh uh i think there was an nfl uh, assistant coach as well there is if yes. i recall fairly recently so it's uh, it's cool to see these these uh these uh new promotions and things coming around i mean you're talking to the guy that absolutely believes that utopian environment should be built as quickly as possible like mm-hmm. if you were to turn a blind eye on basically any industry i wanted to accurately represent the true demographics of where you're at absolutely um and which means i mean obviously race um but definitely like gender too i mean the fact that <laughs> this is the first one but there's what 51 percent of all humans are w- women right that's insane right that's so dumb Oh yeah, and I get it. It takes time. I get it because it all started with um, dumb like 1950s, 60s. That like mm-hmm. it's a guy saying blah 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 blah. Um, but you know what? It's time to start correcting it. So this is definitely the right step. I, I just can't wait to be able to hopefully grow old and be able to throw that utopian dart. Oh yeah, I, I I hope to see this become more more and more prevalent and see how how it uh, affects the game. See what uh you know different perspectives can can bring to the game I'm, I'm very excited about it yeah i mean there's all sorts of things i could talk about particularly like the nfl has a white man coach problem yeah yeah um, and they've tried to correct it using rules like you have to interview a certain number of uh, minorities during the interview process but mm-hmm. at that point you're just you're just pushing people in token situations mm-hmm. um 
don't get me wrong. It's like not the wrong step. I, I don't think it's the wrong step. I just think that you you should start in more organic ways than that, if that makes sense. Um, I think, you, I think there's enough, yeah. well, I think there's enough people out there that, that can coach and want to coach of every different yeah. race, creed, gender, whatever. I think that they, they all deserve a chance. I'm going to peel back a little bit of an onion on this. Mm-hmm. What if, it's because the sports industry, even though it's like every other industry, right? Technically, it should be like every other industry. Like, take accounting or you know, law or something. If you're a paralegal, um, I, I, or any industry, marketing, whatever, mm-hmm. you are judged by the quality of your work. Yeah. And sometimes that's not as transparent as wins or losses as it is in sports industry, right? It is very you, uh, on-off kind of a situation. Exactly. Very binary. And yeah. um, you either win or you lose. And if you lose, you get fired. Yep. It's that simple in sports. It's not that simple in other industries. And I think a lot of that problem is um, in sports, when it becomes that if definitive, they are more likely to pick an experienced person that's like an assistant coach or going you know exactly I mean? where I was, I was thinking no, you were going, not really focusing on the potential of the person as much as the, all right, what's your win loss record? Exactly. What's their, their actual experience that they have that they can bring to the table rather than, you know, bringing in someone new with a different perspective. And I think the further along we get, the more and more uh, diverse those uh, assistants and such will will become, then we'll start seeing that more at the the head head positions. So I'm I'm hoping that, like I said, this will become more and more prevalent with uh, just with time as as we move forward. What an awesome topic! Yeah, like, I, I was super pumped when I saw it the other day. I just love everything about it because if I remember right, that's like Derek Jeter's team. Uh, he's like the owner or something like our manager. I would have to look it up. So let us do this. All I'm saying is like good on him. Yeah. Yeah. Let us see here. Miami Marlins. He's the CEO of the Marlins. Yep. CEO Derek Jeter. Oh, and Don Mattingly is the, the field manager. Pretty, pretty famous name. That is that is the right direction. Yep. I agree. And you know what? We should build a part of our website dedicated to um, equalizing the playing field, like re- like stats and stuff like that. We should do I, that. I think that's a great idea. <clears throat> All righty. Right. So, so uh, what grabbed you? Ooh, okay. So a um, little bit more holistic than just a singular moment, but... I'm I'm wondering if it's one of these other two that I that I saw as well. I'm I'm really hoping so because if it's not, I'm bringing up another one. I hate to break it to you, but it's not. Okay. I mean, I doubt it. I mean, God, it might yeah. be. It'd be really weird if it was. I'm kind of curious to hear your other ones. Okay. Um, but long story short, it's not. It's the Indiana Hoosiers football team. Okay. Um, so I'd want my topic to be a little bit about. I love watching when there's a powerhouse in one sport in college that just absolutely dominates another sport one random year. So what I'm getting at is like an example of this is Auburn football, right? Auburn, everyone everyone thinks of Auburn as a football team. Their basketball Mm -hmm. team is truly garbage. And guess what? They went to the Final Four two years ago because they hired a great coach 
Bruce Pearl. Uh, they got in some great recruits. One just was drafted like number number three or four. Yeah. Like it's just random because you don't think of them as a basketball school. And it's just mm-hmm. so cool to get them to the top. So anyways, my thing I saw this week is Indiana Hoosers are absolutely dominating the Big Ten. Yeah, they are. We're talking about a 4-0 four and, or, four and o Indiana Hoosers team that just beat Michigan State 24-0. Just beat, and they beat Penn State. They have some good quality wins. They're actually playing well on the field. This isn't just squeakers or anything like that. Yeah, um, They have a team. They have an actual team, which is funny because this is – a college that is a five-time basketball NCAA champion. <laughs> yeah. And their football record is 488 and 681, a whopping Ooh. 0.420. Yeah. And here's the best part. A football team that's only won three bowl games. Are you serious? Three, Michael. Wow. Wait. How and, are they're, they- and, they're po- and they are going into the weekend playing Ohio State. And if they win, they're in the driver's seat to be a playoff team. That's wild. Um, what What is their uh, actual bowl game record? Do you have that at three? And how I, many I remember losses? reading it. It was three and nine. Okay, so 12 games and they've only won three. Wowee. And they're, and they're sitting here looking to go to the playoffs. Yeah, they've had over a thousand games they've played. Like, this yeah. is a long-time program. Oh, yeah, it's not a fresh team that's, you know, only played a couple seasons. I'm blown. I'm blown away by this Indiana team, and I'm rooting for them so hard this weekend. That's you know what I need to start paying attention to them. I because they're one of those teams that I always see them pop up on my my scores feed, and I'm like, oh, Indiana's playing. The biggest but, uh, tragedy tragedy of this whole thing, though, is it's an 11 a.m. kickoff this weekend. Oh, and I work this weekend. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, that's going to be a great game too. I'm going to have to record it. Everyone's saying like, everyone's just riding them off, man. That. Matchup predictor on ESPN has only ten percent chance Indiana is going to win. Yeah, and that's that's against an Ohio State team that, in my opinion, has been a little over hyped the last number of years. So we'll we'll see. I mean, if somehow they pull it off, Ohio State's on the outside looking in. It's gonna Mm -hmm. like, and then the funny thing is. Is Northwestern, which is also a really bad yeah. college football yeah. team, is also really high up in the division. Yeah, I did notice that they're four and zero, four and zero as well, and they're mm-hmm. still divisional this year. So, ran, just real quick clarification: some conferences switch to just top to bottom, yeah. while some retain their divisions. Big Ten retain their division, so you're going to have the winner of each division go to the championship and right now it's northwestern at 4-0 versus indiana at 4-0 things not on the top of these lists ohio state michigan michigan state penn state wisconsin nebraska minnesota traditionally winning teams yeah penn state is at the bottom of the league at 0-4 what is happening 0-4 yeah what is happening to the big 10 wow i knew i just hope we keep this train rolling as hard as possible that would like be a really cool down, shift. Upside down Big Ten season. Yeah. I That's want it to happen really so bad. That that would be a, a really wild the, finish to the The to only that, true that consistency is that the Rutgers are still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Rutgers are terrible. Ohio State's still undefeated. For the time being. Maybe not this weekend. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they both have similar opponents. Penn State. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Penn State. Ohio State and Indiana both played Penn State and both won. I mean, mm-hmm. they both played Rutgers and they both had um, a marginal, like, the same, basically the same size victory. 
Yeah. And this, I mean, it is going to be a great game, I think. I'm what extra think bummed that I'm working on Saturday. What do I think the spread is? Uh, yeah. It's probably like, what, 30 points in Ohio State's favor? It's 20 and a half. Okay, that's still outrageous. I don't gamble, but any gamblers out there listening to this, you get Dude, Indiana. Indiana, I think, will easily cover that if they don't win it. If I'm not mistaken, Rutgers kept it, and like they they threw in some late touchdowns against Ohio State. So like that does not bode well for a team high on the spread either. So I I, I would pick that. Anyways, Indiana being absolutely crazy, being a football team this year. That's my big takeaway. That's pretty wild. I figured I'd get that in before they lose to Ohio State this week. Right. Hot take. That's uh that's uh that's uh yeah, no, that's cool. Um it is not my uh my other one that I thought I had oh, yeah. two tell others. Me, tell, tell me I had two, two others. others. One of them was definitely college football. I can't remember it for the life of me. This is called the overtime of our exactly. I cannot for the life of me remember what the third one was, but the second one that I saw like immediately after seeing uh, the the Marlins news was a, a, an article on Saturday Down South um, titled Cleveland Staffer Appears to Wake Up Baker Mayfield on the Browns Sideline. Shut up. Is and this I real? Watched, I watched a clip of it. Oh my and God. he's got like one of those big um, like jackets that they wear because they're wearing uh, shoulder yeah, pads like and they have those giant like uh, vampire a, things. It was a windy game. That's all I rem- remember. He hearing. had that on and he was sitting down and you could see him very clearly with his head on his chest. And the assistant walks over and like taps on him. And Is he's this like, real life? Oh, yeah. And he like jolts up awake like he was asleep I, it, it made me laugh so hard when i watched this video it's great the headline made me laugh just oh, reading yeah. it oh no it's i great. just saw it it's amazing it's incredible how can you be so unaware of the game you're playing in right <laughs> that one that one had me laughing for a while you but know, I, I actually i actually like baker like yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a johnny manzel hater all day mm-hmm. And I mean, he's from, they're both from Oklahoma. They both went to Cleveland Browns, like very similar paths. And for some reason, I hate Johnny Manziel, but I don't hate Baker. He's cocky. Manziel came from Texas A&M, right? Yeah, you're right. I messed that up. (laughs) You had my mind blown. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is, I think that's kind of unlike Baker. Like he's, he's very much attached to this league and his opportunity. Yeah, I know. I I, I feel like it was more than likely just a one-off bizarre kind of thing but it's still super goofy and 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 funny to see i I thought it was great (laughs) that's awesome that's all we have for you this week go ahead and subscribe to the fan club on all podcast platforms and hit us up on socials at fan club pod we'll talk to you next time here comes a pizza see it